So how would you summarize Mary and Martha living a best, a blessed life in the words of Joe Rogalski? <laughs> I would say this. All right, baby, let's just dive on in. We're going to dive right into this. So today's going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. I don't even know. I'm honestly scared. What's funny is as I say that, I think about the fact that every episode is different. So it's uh-huh. not. it's not like... But what do you mean it's going to be different? I'm uh, seriously a little scared. Th- in in today's episode, every time you get a right answer, you've got to change your hairstyle. Okay. That sounds fun. No. Um, when I say different, I just mean like, so the last two, we did Peter and Esther. Yes. And we really did like a deep look into them and their life mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, today, not so much uh, because we picked Mary of the Mary and Martha. The sisters may or may not actually be sisters as you dive into it. They could be sisters in Christ. They could be actual sisters. They could be just sisters because sometimes two close women back in the day were just referred to as sisters. We don't know. Here's the thing. So when it comes to Mary, this Mm -hmm. particular Mary, you know, she shows up a few times throughout scripture. In the Lazarus story, right? She is also Lazarus. That's that's the whole Mary, Martha, Lazarus. They They may be siblings. But... I thought when I read the story, which I'll have you read the story because you're our designated reader because you're so good. Mm. Um, All right. It's 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 famous for kind of picking on Martha and exalting Mary. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to kind of flip it on its head a little bit and use it more from a practical sense for us as a teaching tool on how to live your best blessed life. Sound fun? Let's do it. So why don't you read this for us, babe? It's coming out of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It is the story of Mary and Martha. All righty. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister. Mary. Sister. It says sister. Right. But when you look at that word sister in the Greek, it it, it could be, it could be even something know. stranger. We'll I will keep share going. on camera. But. She, oh, gosh. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. He's like... Martha, 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 the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. All right. He's like, Mary, 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 Mary. So slam dunk this for me really quickly under the premise of living your best blessed life. We could say. Uh, Mary's living her best blessed life by just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. He is the most important thing of the hour. And that's kind of what he's saying to Martha, right? Martha is saying, hey, look at me. She's ticked because she's cleaning the kitchen while Mary's chilling. Anyways, uh, I just want to talk about the danger of comparison. Oh, the danger of comparison. So in in our own in our own. So we're not saying that we're not going to take from this that like clearly Mary. I mean, Jesus straight up was saying like the best thing that you can do is be mm. with me. See, oh, yeah, no. we could just literally take that chunk of scripture and say, yes, but here's the depth of it. Martha is actually technically, these guys are like missionaries, right? And they actually have work to do. So it's not so much that Martha was doing work and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. It was the fact that Martha paused to compare her work versus Mary's work. Ah, ah. 
all right, all right. Right, because the, ba- the like backdrop that. of this story is... Like, we're not th- negating that Mary right. should, like, that Jesus was like, yes, I I want a priority to be you being with me. Like, that's a priority. But the but what you're saying is, is that Martha created her, herself an issue by not just doing what she was supposed to be doing, yep. like, which was actually to meet the, like, tangible physical needs of Jesus mm-hmm. by cooking, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I smell. Well, yeah, because let's think of the flip side here. If we were to just take this piece of scripture, what does it give us all permission to do? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Hey, sorry, can't do anything today, honey. Guess what? Sorry, I'm not helping with the dishes tonight. I'm just chilling with Jesus. This is what. Look at Jesus. Even said, "I'm choosing the better thing here." You know, it could give permission to somebody doing nothing. Whereas I look at this, these two. As you get to know their story, they're they're kind of missionaries. They're even referred to as deaconesses, deacons of the church. So being that these guys don't even have a church meeting, Martha may be prepping the house for a church meeting. Mm -hmm. So there's just work that needs to be done. Like there's stuff that needs to be done. So get it done. In the moment, though, that she chose to basically whine Mm -hmm. and compare her task versus Mary's task, I believe is the moment where Jesus said, okay, like, let me, let me. and think about that in our own life. Because mm. I've got a bigger chunk of scripture for you to read. Oh, boy. But you're oh, really, boy. You're really oh good boy. So I took it more to this, right? So this is another piece of scripture that we know. And this is Paul using body parts as a representation of the body as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. And comparison. So without beating into that, you just go ahead and read that. Okay. I know it's long, but it will set, it'll, it'll kind of set the filter All right. for where we can end this at. All right, I got it. First Corinthians 12, 20, nope, 12, 12 through 27. There is one body, but it has many parts, but all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it is just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. The parts that can't be shown or that can be shown don't need special care. But God has put together all the parts of the body, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. What do you think of that? If you take that and think of that in light of the scripture you read about Mary and Martha, what what, what conclusions do you draw? Well, I mean, they they both were doing what they were supposed to be doing in the moment. Mm -hmm. And Martha probably wouldn't have even realized, like, I, I mean, had she just 
kept doing what she was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. or what she was doing, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been focused on what Mary was doing because she would have been just doing what she's doing right. and doing it joyfully because it's what she was, was meant to be doing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, I see that we could really slam dunk this thing and make it pretty easy breezy, but I wanted to think about how it affects us in our own life, because I know this for sure. One thing that has stolen Rob from me uh, is, is, is coveting other people's position. You know, like mm-hmm. the story was saying, you know, I'm an ear, but I want to be an eye or I'm a foot and I want to be a hand. Mm-hmm. Um, when we are living our best blessed life is when we know what it was that we were created for and working inside of that void of looking out and beyond or comparison or, yeah. or comparing. Like, like you said, Martha could have easily just went on doing her work and her job and she'd have been living her best blessed life. Mary could have sat there at the feet of Jesus doing what it was that she was supposed to do in that moment and lived her best blessed mm-hmm. life. The second that Martha took her eyes off of her task, her job, her duties and focused on Mary, whether it was envy or like anger and wanting her to be a part of her work, right? Cuz mm-hmm. I've been je- I've been convicted of that where sometimes I'm upset with people for not caring as much as I care about something, mm. you know. But it's not like it's not what they're called it's to. It's not what they're called right. to, right. right? So I, I think like yeah, it's so interesting. It actually, it kind of reminds me a little bit of parts of Kyle's sermon on Sunday, mm-hmm. like when he was talking about, you know, like how often that we are like, hey, like God, like bless what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. Lord, will you bless this? Will you give me favor in this? Will you increase my this? Will you do this? Um, rather than saying to him. Like, how can I bless what you're doing? Sure. Like, how can I? And it's kind of like the verses. It's like, do everything that you're doing as if it was unto the Lord. Right. And if that's our mindset, Mary or Martha in that situation, like if Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and her mindset was do this as if I'm doing it unto the Lord, which obviously she was, mm-hmm. then she's golden. And then if Martha, same thing, would have been cleaning the house and getting the food ready, all of that stuff and had that mindset of like, I'm doing this for the, for Lord, the Lord, then she wouldn't have even been ticked about it. And it actually makes me think about because I had to tell myself this a lot of times raising kids, Mm -hmm. you know, like being a stay at home mom for so many years. I know there were so many times where I would be frustrated or like ticked, like that this was what I had to do. Like, I have to do all of this laundry. I have to do all this cleaning. Why do I have to do this? And he is out there doing this. And like, why do I, you know, like there's just so many times where I would feel that way. And then I would be reminded of that verse, like do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. And Mm -hmm. like for me, you know, I obviously like we made the choice together that I would be a stay at home mom. That'd be like my primary mission. And I'm grateful for that. But in those moments where it was difficult, I really could just step back and say like, okay, like this is like, this is what God has me doing right now. And if I'm doing it with the mindset and the heart of, I'll do this. And this is my way of sitting at his feet. You know, maybe you're not sitting still, Mm -hmm. but maybe that is your way of like, you know, like kind of your offering to him. And, but yeah, it is definitely the comparison game is really, it's really tricky. It is. And and it, and it shows up in like every aspect of life. I feel like whether it's how somebody's body is built versus how yours is or somebody's job versus yours or somebody's rank at their position versus yours or somebody's sales versus yours or somebody's nonprofit organization versus yours or somebody's hair versus, you know, like there's literally we can compare every single thing. And very rarely does it produce good fruit. Right. You know, I, I can you know, I'm a competitive guy. A lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, they, they want to be the best version of themselves. So sometimes they can say, well, I look to this 
to compare how I can get better. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe in that sense, it could be a little bit, but what seems to happen more often than not is we compare something about our life against somebody else's and we feel less than. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that can be demotivating mm -hmm. rather than motivating. And I'm similar to you in that I am really competitive. So like in a situation where it's like, okay, you know, say like there's two people in a situation and it's like whoever can do this first, Mm -hmm. like, or in a game, you know, like I'm not one to like let our kids win. Like I can be really competitive, but I would say for me, Comparison usually leaves me feeling like not enough, Mm -hmm. like I can't do it. And it's like more defeating than it is motivating. Yeah. And that's why I loved bringing in the scripture about the one body, many parts Mm -hmm. thing is we've all suffered. Like we are, our body is made up of when you study in that physiology. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's millions and millions of cells. It's very, very complex, but we've all been distracted, you know, by a hangnail. You know, something as tiny as yes, the liver. Sliver. Like it's this mm-hmm. idea that, and it, for you know, I don't mean to bring everything back to Haiti, but it always makes me. Yesterday, I was out and I was kind of uh, spreading fertilizer and stuff like that on our lawn, and I was just thinking about the fact of what if all of us in this neighborhood were dependent on each other for survival. Like mm-hmm. one guy, per, you know, like. The way it used to be, you know, mm-hmm. everybody kind of had a trait and we. A trade? A trade, a trait, trade or trade. 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 You know, one guy builds, you know, uh, furniture. Another guy, mm-hmm. you know, provides all the vegetables, yeah. whatever. Everybody kind of has their own part in, in the world and we're dependent on each other. How differently we treat one another. Yeah, for sure. You know, here in the state, somehow we've been able to be f- self-sufficient. Yeah. So for the most part, for this, for the most part, we look to ourselves to provide everything. Which allows us to be very isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about the times where I was the in the most need. What I was scared about was I was isolated. Mm-hmm. I was away from people uh, to get help or to speak to people. So it's this idea that God in the, not even in the romance, but in the reality is we each are to have our own roles and assignments. And he's saying... Martha should be looking towards Mary with joy in her heart mm-hmm. of like, wow, you know, because maybe that's what Mary needs at this moment. You know, Mary needs to be at the foot of Jesus. And I feel honored to be over here preparing the meal mm-hmm. or whatever's needed for. Because, like I said, I think there's a lot you could easily read this thing and just say and Martha that, Martha yeah. is the negative and Mary's the positive because mm-hmm. it even seems like Jesus scolds them that way. I really think Jesus would have left that moment alone and nothing would have been spoken. Yeah, it's not like he was like upset with Martha no. that she was he didn't had call he, to her. He didn't call to her and say, "Hey Martha, why are you being busy out there? Why don't right. you come do what Mary's true. doing?" He doesn't say anything until Martha points it out. Yeah, that's and, true. And points it out in a way where it's 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 comparing. Mm-hmm. And mm, interesting. And, it is interesting. I never really thought about it like that, babe. Well, I'm glad I got to bring something afresh to the story <laughs> because it was, I was just going to highlight Mary's life as the best blessed life and just saying, you know, right there at the feet of Jesus. Which because is good, not, of course. Not, like, we don't want to negate only, that. Not only not, not only not is it good, it is a message for a whole nother day because I think uh, this season in our life, for most people, we've realized that that's where we've had to go. Mm-hmm. We've needed, it was, it was less about doing and mm-hmm. preparing and really stopping and saying, can I be content at the feet of Jesus? And can I trust that Jesus will provide the way, right? Mm-hmm. As we've, we were just on lives a minute ago and said, hey, you know, like 
this is all we have to get sponsors that we used to be able to get uh, in a different way. Mm -hmm. Now they're coming in, you know, that came through just saying, hey, God, like (laughs) we throw this at your feet. We're sitting at your feet, trusting that you will Mm -hmm. you will make a way. There's a time and a place where that scripture used that way is beautiful because many of us like Martha, um, you know, Martha is considered loved by Jesus just as much as Mary. She is a doer. Maybe that's just her thing. She's more of a doer. And Mary is more of the, you know, the the tender one or however you refer that. But it doesn't put either of them in a, the way we tend to look at things, a better or worse position. And that's the danger of comparison. When we look to someone else and we think their position is better than ours, where this body reference is saying, each part is dependent on each other. We should find joy in our position mm-hmm. and in our place and our gifts and talents. Yeah, for sure. How does that speak to your life? Gosh, I mean, I think you can apply that to like so many areas of your life. You know, I think I think we're all prone to comparison and we're all prone to uh, being envious of what other people Um, either have or are Mm -hmm. or you know whatever and so I think it's just like a good caution to say like yes of course I don't want to neglect ever sitting at the feet of Jesus and being content with just that like it doesn't always have to be doing Mm -hmm. but in the doing side of things being content with like hey like this is the part of the body that I am and this is the part of the body that you are and he is and she is and everybody is and like if we all just do our part like it's going to function. And one one thing that actually um, really stood out to me in this verse was where it says, um, suppose the foot says I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. Um, by saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And then same with the ear and the eye. Um, and it makes me think like, you know, there's there's many times where I think that people think, oh, well, because I'm not a missionary or because I'm not a pastor or because I'm not a leader, then that means like I'm just a mom over here. Yeah. Right. That means I'm not really part of anything. I don't really have anything to do with it. Well, like you're still part of the body. Absolutely. Whether you're over here or over there or up there or down there. Yeah. And it doesn't give us an excuse um, because we don't have maybe the skill set that somebody else has or the talents that somebody else has or the singing voice that somebody else has or, yeah. you know, the reach or the platform that somebody else has, you know, that does not relieve us of our being part right. of the body and our doing our part. And, the, and even the if the part is, yeah, yeah I mean, I think that the most important thing that you can do is like be home and raising your kids. Mm -hmm. Like if that's what God calls you to, like that's huge. And like so many times I think, especially for like moms and young moms, you know, I remember feeling this way, like as a young mom, just like, what is my thing, you know? And it's like, what do you mean? What is your thing? Like we have amazing kids that who knows what they would be like if I didn't spend all of my time and energy, you know, pouring into them and, so I don't know. Yeah, it's just interesting because I think so many times people feel relieved of their duty because they're, you know, it's like you always have, say you have a thousand people in a church. You always have the same hundred people serving, the same people yeah. doing the same thing. Well, the other 900 people that are there, if they call themselves a Christian and they're part of the body, they they got something they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not, they're not relieved of it just because they're not, you know. Yeah, no, they, they, they are, a, they are a part of the body. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as, as a believer, they are part of the body. <laughs> I suppose they could be discontent or content by how well they're performing in their, their call and purpose. Mm. But there's also a time and a season, too. As I look at yeah, for sure. as I look at this specific picture of Mary and Martha, uh, there may be a time where Mary is a Martha and Martha is a Mary, too. Totally. Like, sometimes when we're encountering people, as I'm thinking about this verse in real life, times where I thought, oh, you know, this person should be more active or more doing. Mm. We don't know what's going on in their life. And that yeah. may be the very season. It might be season God telling them to that, sit down right, and be married. That married. may be the very yeah. season where God is saying, no, this is where I, I need them and want them. Yeah. The, the work that needs to be done will continue to be done. This mm-hmm. is a season where they just need... They're choosing the right place. Yeah, for sure. When I think of like healing times. Yeah, totally. And I think that that is why it's so vital that you're spending time with Jesus, spending time at his feet, because then you'll know, right? Mm -hmm. Like you'll know, like if he's like, hey, I want you over here raising your kids or I want you over here in the workforce or I want you serving in this capacity Mm -hmm. of the church or I want you, you know, running an organization or I want you Mm -hmm. just going and serving a meal or I want you giving to this thing or that thing. Or I want you to just sit still and do absolutely nothing. Like you're not going to know those things if you're not like in tune to him. It's kind of funny. You know how like this this morning I told you, I haven't even told Grammy Tammy that she was in my dream last night, but (laughs) it just makes me think a little bit about that too. Cause like last night as I was going to bed, you know, like obviously, you know, that I've been kind of trying to figure out how to balance it all because for so many years, I, my main thing was stay at home mom Mm -hmm. and I still have kids that are young. And so how does that play out when I now am doing certain things like helping with upstream or running a business on the side or, you know, whatever. And as I'm like, I was praying through it last night before I went to bed and I was just like, Lord, like, okay, like obviously, and I've been telling him this every day forever, but like, my heart is to serve him. My heart is to do what he sees as best. And sometimes like you, you know, you know me, like I overthink it a little bit or I just, you know, definitely overthink it a little bit. And so it was funny because I I went to sleep just praying about that. Like, okay, God, like show me what to let go of, what to focus on, show me where you're at and where you want me to be a part of that and where you want me to not and just relax and be okay with whatever it is, you know? And so in my dream, our old neighbor, Grammy Tammy, Grammy um, Tammy. Yeah. Grammy Tammy. I, I just asked her straight up. Like I just, in my dream, she was smiling and joyful, which she always was. Like, I just absolutely love the woman. And I just said to her, like, why are you like, how, how have you made it this far? Like, how are you so full of joy? Like, how are you so, you know, just like wonderful. And her, her response was just, I get up and I read my Bible at six in the morning, every morning. <laughs> Like this was in my dream. And I woke up and I was like, that was so simple and so profound. And I felt like it was too just God's way of being like, see me, just get up and get in the word. Oh, yeah. And then the rest of my dream was like people that were exercising, which I thought was hilarious because, you know, me, I'm not like really big (laughs) into it. But I felt like he was just like, see me, just take care of your take care of yourself and your family. Spend time in my word. Yeah. And the rest will work itself out, you know? And I think because I do tend to get trapped in the comparison game, I, or in the competition game, I, I probably put more into things than God's even asking me to. Well, that's what I was going to say about your dream is I think one, some of it might've just been literal, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, get up at 6 a.m. and read. But I think the other part is because you know I ain't gonna have a six. The other part is and, I, and you know <laughs> I'll I, fail and, already. And you know I don't like this word, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it is very necessary, and that's just practical. Like I think what you're saying was like, right? Don't complicate it, and that's mm-hmm. what I was saying to you on our walk too. Is it's like you're actually doing it way, way more than you think. You're doing it and you're getting it done. 
the desire to refine it, you know, to where it just balance keeps you feeling more fulfilled and less regret, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, cause I know you, you say sometimes you go to bed and you feel like maybe you didn't pour enough into the kids today or, or us today or whatever it is. I think those are just natural convictions that come along the way to say, Hey, let's, we've got, we've got the nuts and bolts. Let's, let's, you know, continue to like, just refine them. Let's mm-hmm. get them. And I think you're crushing it and killing Thanks, it. So Tim. I think if Grammy Tammy was saying anything to you, she was just saying like, <laughs> That's such hey, a funny dream. Keep, keep it simple, stupid, right? Like yeah. read your word, take care of your body. The rest will kind of take care of itself. Is yeah. And there's a little bit of what even our message today could say. I mean, we could take this thing way out of context. Yeah, let's but, not take it way out of context. No, but, but what, I'm, what, I would, <laughs> what I would tell everybody, when everything is all wonky and things are upside down, getting close to G, like don't worry about, all the other stuff to fix, Mm -hmm. get first close to him and the other things will come along. You know, I'm walking through my own season as I watch things start to show back up in my world that are a little bit uncharacteristic of what I want. It's because I, I very easily can start to add too much to my plate where God is saying like the seasons that we're walking into What's most important is how close you are to me. How well do you know mm-hmm. me? Uh, how well do you know my voice? You know, so so you can't do that without being close to Jesus. Right. So keep it simple, stupid. Take care of take care of your spirit. Take care of your body. And don't be so worried about what other people are doing. Definitely don't worry about what other people are doing. And, and that was one of the most liberating things ever spoken over me. I don't know if it was the way I grew up. I don't want to give any blame to anything, but I think I always was trying to be somebody else or impersonate somebody else. And when all of a sudden somebody tells you like, no, you're here because of you, you know, we saw you and you, you are good enough. That's what all of us should be. Uh, We should all have that freedom Mm -hmm. of knowing that it's us. It's us and that we are good enough and self-improvement and all that type of stuff is, it's just a natural process. So how would you summarize Mary and Martha living a best, a blessed life in the words of Joe Rogelski? (laughs) I would say this, let's not look at Mary and Martha and choose which one's living the blessed life. Let's say each of them doing what it was that they were called to do is blessed. I think Martha, if we would have just read, Martha's in in, uh, the kitchen preparing the meal for all the people coming. and We'd be like, Dad, look at her go. She's serving Jesus. Right. And and we talked about Mary and sitting at the feet of it. We could have highlighted each of them as living their best blessed life because they were working inside of what they were created and purposed to do. The second it gets bad is when we look to someone else in judgment or comparison or envy. And I think that's, I would feel better getting that out of this story than to say, you know, Mary's the hero and Martha's not. Yeah, for sure. Because Martha was busy and I think Mary was chilling you know, with Jesus. I think that's a really great perspective, a great way to look at it. I like it. I like it that way because. I've never, in all my 41 years, babe, I've never looked at it that way. So that's, you know. That could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. Maybe yeah. I'll get a bunch of theologians telling me how bad I <laughs> I got this. My point today was not to 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 uh, exegete this scripture. It was more right. so to give us a to s- glean from it to give yeah, us yeah. a story sure. of uh, uh, I would say a key. One of the if I were to say here's the top five keys to living your best blessed life starts with not comparing yourself to others. Yeah, I love it. So that Good was stuff. A little bit of the intentionality behind it. 